0: Um, we actually managed to get the system working this week, which is fantastic. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, welcome, Robin. So, um am just going to bring up my notes here. So, yeah, welcome to Stand Up Australia podcast, Stand Up, Sit Down With, Contrarian Conversation, Rebutting the Mainstream Narrative. So, uh, this week we're joined by Robin Shooter again, and we are going to be going through the following stories. We have got four crackers for you today. We've got MSN Morons gaslight us once again with a study on angry conspiracy theorists. Basically, what came first, the chicken or the egg? (laughs) Uh, Government censorship and overdrive. What does this mean for freedom of speech going forward? We've got transgender police quadruple since last year. Are they really non-binary or are they just gaming the system? And our last story for the day is Aspartame, finally recognised as a toxin by the who. Why now? So, hey, Robin, um, welcome again, and thanks for joining us for the second week in a row.
1: Yes, yes, we're out of our normal schedule, but I mean, God, we've, we've got more than the usual dose of craziness to deal with this week, haven't we?
0: Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, we've got a pretty pretty nutso one this week. Um, we're going to start off with a bit of a funny one, though, And but before we do that, I just want to run through what we've got coming up at Stand Up. So, we've just had our pet week sorry pet month should i say this week we're going to be talking about technology and uh where to go from here um we often hear it's dystopian uh, which a lot of it is um especially if you've read a bit of ted kaczynski which i have (laughs) but um this i think
1: a lot a lot of people are rereading ted's or or reading for the first time ted's manifesto (laughs) yes yes i'm I'm trying to get uh,
0: one of the experts on ted ryan dawson to do a, a to do a uh, podcast with me. So we're we're going back and forth. We can't seem to find a time at the moment though. So uh, that'll be an interesting one, but we're trying to keep it positive. So um, this upcoming event coming up is with, here we go, we can see in the browser just here with Edward Black. So he's gonna be talking about artificial intelligence and how to get that to work for you in your life and your business. So very easy to get into the negative aspects of technology these days, but we can make it work for us. So basically this month, Yeah, we're going to be exploring some, you know, sometimes contentious issues of tech and artificial intelligence. We're going to have a look at how tech AI can help improve our lives, give us more freedom and basically perhaps even make us less reliant on conventional systems. So join into Edward Blacks. It's on the 6th of July. You can jump down to the, it'll be on the website soon. Just go up to Stand Up Australia, but you can also jump onto the link, which I've dropped in the rumble chat there. To book a ticket. All right, so yeah, let's get on to the first story. Okay, now this first one comes from Perth Now, which I've actually never really heard of before this, but it looks like it's mm-hmm. a Western Australian newspaper, maybe their online rag. Um, and it's quite a funny one. We usually start off with a bit of dystopian uh, craziness, but. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because it, I think it's very telling of the, the psyche of Australians now and we'll get down to the comments section after we've read through it. But the headline is University of New South Wales Research Finds Angry People Are More Likely to Believe in COVID Conspiracy Theories. So have you ever and, been
1: and in, to... in 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 related research, you know, <laughs> University of New South Wales researchers discover how to how to locate their own elbow and and, and attempt to distinguish it from their rear end. <laughs> <laughs> I'd
0: hate I'd hate to uh, to know how much money went into this study. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm assuming so, yeah, our, our taxpayers'
1: well... dollars hard at work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So New Research Public in the Journal of Research in Personality said people who experience anger more frequently are more likely to endorse conspiracy theories. The findings showed that anger played a role in believing conspiracy theories regardless of what the conspiracy theories were. Research at the University of New South Wales decided to look into the relationship between anger and belief in conspiracy theories after noticing a growing interest in conspiracy theories since the COVID-19 pandemic began. While conspiracy theories have been around for a long time, not so much as known about how they relate to specific emotions, e.g., anger, fear, sadness. Research associate, uh, research associate at the University of New South Wales study author, Kinga, Swiss Yeah, <laughs> Swizmaniac.
1: I, I hate pronouncing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wrote. So they want to. Focus on the connection between conspiracy beliefs and anger. I'm going to go right down to the bottom here where it says suggest...
1: scroll, scroll up just just a sec, Mitch. Just uh, okay, that paragraph there the study used 141 US participants. Wow, massive sample size there. <laughs> Country, what, what are they up to now? 360 million? They could find 141 people <laughs> for their survey. This is like wow, yes,
0: 141. <laughs> it's about a
1: Huge N. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it's better than the six mice they tested the booster shots on, so I suppose good that's, point. you know, that's yep. good. Um anyway, this the study suggested that anger itself makes individuals more prone to believing conspiracy theories. What are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So, so the obvious answer, the obvious answer is like, as you said, chicken or egg problem, right? So, when when people when people become aware that their rights have been stripped from them. A a, a a potentially useful medications <laughs> and even nutraceuticals, yeah, you know, ivermectin, vitamin D, and so forth have been stripped away from them. Uh, their children's education has been interfered with. Their businesses have been, have, have been, you know, in many cases shut down, um, uh, set back, or permanently destroyed. And then they've had, you know, some toxic brew injected into them. You know, under threat of losing their jobs or not being able to travel or whatever the, the hell. Um, Do you do you think when they start kind of realizing the whole thing was a scam, they might get little 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 teeny bit little teeny bit annoyed, just a bit, you know, mildly irritated. So that's that's kind of the obvious one. Um, the on on the other uh, on the other hand, I mean, I do have an interest in in the study of personality and. You know this was this was published in a journal of personality right and if you look at the big five model of of personality um the the trait of disagreeableness or the personality personality characteristic of disagreeableness is i mean essentially you characterize this as as people tending to take a less sanguine view of human nature just constitutionally and and i think there is something in that i mean what we still see to this day is there's a solid core of people who find it almost impossible to contemplate the notion that politicians, public health officials, you know, even even CEOs of companies mightn't have their best interests at heart. Oh, shocker, right? Um, and And so these people who are what we call highly agreeable are like it takes a hell of a lot to get them angry. Even when there's yeah. bloody good reasons for them to be angry and then people who tend to be somewhat more disagreeable uh, constitutionally or, or just, you know, inherently through personality, they're more likely to be suspicious. They're more likely to observe human behavior and attribute motives to that behavior that that aren't sort of um always looking on the bright side, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the research is absolutely ridiculous on multiple levels, and yet there is a kernel of truth in it. And and I would also hasten to add that it's disagreeable people who always start um, revolutions, you might say, because the agreeable people just accommodate. They just go along with things. It's the disagreeable people who go, you know what, this isn't right. It's not right that the lord of the manor up there on his hill has all this good stuff and we peasants are, you know, are in the muck. The agreeable people just, yeah, they just accept their fate. They just go along with it.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I hadn't actually thought about the, I just completely rubbish the side. Obviously, it needs
1: to be rubbish, but. It needs. Time. It desperately yeah. needs to be rubbish. I mean, it's yeah. a totally yeah. rubbish article. And yet, definitely. and yeah. yet, there is this element of it where you, where you go, okay, yeah, we need disagreeable people in society, particularly when when things have reached the stage where where every institution is corrupt from top to bottom. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, every oh, institution that we rely yeah. upon for you know, me- meeting our meeting our needs as a society—it's absolutely rotten. It's broken. It's what we talk about every episode of this podcast, and God knows we got more articles to talk about on that front today. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a disagreeable people who go, "Nah, no, nah, this this sucks. Not putting up with it anymore."
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it, it's it it is funny like that because I mean, I guess some people would. Would say that i am a um angry person with with the world but at the same time i don't i don't see myself as being that way i've always been that way where i don't trust the government like you know it just and you shouldn't if you if you've got your eyes open you shouldn't it doesn't make me an angry person it just makes me the guy at the party that wants to talk about 9-11 it was an inside job you know yeah so, you're that guy yeah i'm <laughs> that guy that people go oh crap what the hell what have i stepped into here um, back
1: away, back away, don't make eye contact. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not the guy that's going to sweep everything under a rug and talk about the football. Um, yeah. So yeah. if that makes me a angry person, so be it. But, yeah, it's, it's just crazy um, to think that they can still think that printing uh, articles like this is going to go unchallenged which but think-
1: and, and and unfortunately it didn't because like scroll down to the comments section and yeah. and yeah they got hammered they got very nicely nailed for this ridiculous piece of non-journalism
0: <laughs> oh yeah definitely look it's um you know there's conspiracy theories in here there's there's talking about the experiments um you know 97 percent of wa are angry so sad so that's the 97 percent that obviously took the took the jab and that like it's been turned around in this, in these comments to, to think that people who believed in COVID were the ones that believed the conspiracy theory, which they were, because if you look at, yes. if you look at the facts, mm-hmm. yeah, the facts say this is all a big scam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. You bet. So, I mean, look, I must say that reading the comment section on that article did go a little bit of a way to restoring, to, to restoring my faith in humanity. <laughs> well
0: I like this one here still no answer to my question if COVID was the world's deadliest thing which you need to be told you have (laughs) it's true then how (laughs) come (laughs) how come the anti-vaxxers to this day are talking about this whole thing was a con why are they not dead true very good point you know (laughs) so I mean jump onto here that if you want to have a good laugh and just you know as you said restore a bit of your faith in humanity then Mm -hmm. jump on there and get on the Twitter feed too because it just gets even better there. You
1: know, yeah. People, people, just, people just having a crack, you know. The Twitter comments were were frankly <laughs> priceless, yeah. <laughs>
0: the memes, you know. Look, I'd rather be a little angry than dealing with mitocarditis.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Hashtag saving effective. effective. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it really is good to see uh mainstream media outlets just basically not getting away with with, with the gaslighting, you know, being being called out for it. Yep, mm.
0: yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, you know, we see more and more of this. Um, unfortunately, soon that may come to an end because the in our second story here, we are seeing that. Social media giants face multi-million dollar fines for spreading fake news. So this comes on the back of a whole range of uh, same laws that are being passed all around the world, you know, in the US, in England, in in Europe. Um, But basically, the Australian Communications and Media Authority is to be given new powers to hold digital platforms to account for harmful misinformation and disinformation online. The maximum penalty for breaching the new laws would be 6.88 million or 5% of global turnover. The authority would also be able to obtain information and documents from digital platforms relating to misinformation and disinformation on their services. Western countries have been growing, increasingly concerned about misinformation and disinformation sowing dissent and confusion on their societies. So before we go any further, I will say if you're going to read the comments in this one, be prepared to be disappointed because... Yeah, uh, yeah, or, and was <laughs> sad.
1: <laughs> yes. But mm-hmm. we were saying before
0: this that these are heavily moderated in the age. Um, the comments were to the point where if you did disagree with this, you wouldn't get it printed anyway. So pretty so, much,
1: yeah, I mean, so m- many, many people are familiar with uh, with off Guardian, which, you Know if you know the story of Off Guardian, Off Guardian was yeah. actually founded by by people who got banned from the comment section of, of The Guardian, right? So they exactly. they started their own site, which I think is actually a pretty cool story and a moral for us all. Like don't don't get cranky because the age won't publish your comments. Start your own publication.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Just do something yourself. Um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great publication, the Off Guardian
1: off Guardian yeah terrific yeah I mean they only
0: write probably three or four sort of feature stories a week but um it's really well worth the read because they really get into the get into the grid of it don't they so yeah um, but basically this this is coming in um I would say it's going to be passed because every single other one that's sort of come in like this has been passed not many people would know about it in the normie world um and even if they did they'd probably think it's a good thing so basically it's going to go to an independent body um, and we know how independent these independent bodies are, not very independent at all. angry
1: to you, Mitch? What's that? Does she look angry to you? Oh, I'm she certainly saying. does. Do you think she's a conspiracy theorist? I this think, boy, she, boy, she, looks I think angry. she
0: probably is. <laughs> so communications minister, Michelle Rowland, she is. Angry Michelle. So misinformation and disinformation sows division within the community, undermines trust, and can threaten public health and safety. So, like, this is just a line we keep hearing over and over and over again. Undermines
1: trust. Undermines trust. Trust in whom? Trust in authority. Okay, so in other words, what they're saying is that we cannot permit anyone in Australia to read stuff that causes them to not have trust in authorities. You know, like, those would be the authorities that have just Basically, made a whole bunch of you know bad decisions, quote unquote. Like, oh no, they made terrible mistakes. <laughs> if you believe that, um, these these people who just very very clearly do not have our best interests at heart. I mean, how much more obvious does it have to be that they don't have our best interests at heart? Uh, s- sending our money over to to Ukraine, um, promoting all sorts of, of, of policies that that you know, undermine the well-being of Australians, but we're supposed to have trust in these people and we're conspiracy theorists theorists if we don't.
0: Yes, and this is after, like, obviously we talk about this quite a lot um, almost weekly, but, you know, after the vaccine rollout, which which did do nothing but harm people more and more, uh, and we're supposed to trust these people that you say, no, it's just not going to happen. So Mm -hmm. the only way they have, the only tool they have at their disposal now is to remove anything that goes against the grain and the the look there's one thing to say oh well it doesn't really matter because we know the truth but it does matter because if that's the the case then we're not going to be able to get the message out to other people and not only that but there's a whole other bunch of laws which are coming at the same time which is uh, to do with encryption so encrypted apps like uh, signal telegram whatsapp will soon have to give that information to government if they are wanting to operate in Australia. I don't that's not a done deal yet, but that's not far off. So we're getting to a point where we will not be able to spread any sort of information unless it's ticked off by the government essentially. And this is, this is really worrying. We're getting to a point where um, we're gonna go have to go back to plain old paper in people's letterboxes like the the good old yeah, days. Yeah.
1: Well, what was, yeah, like uh, the summer's dart of, of the you know the late Soviet era. Yeah, like people photocopying these newsletters in their basement and you know, hand delivering them to, to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um it it's it really is extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, all of us who studied history in in school? Um, at some point, like if if you if you looked at the history of Germany leading up to the second world war and 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 then of course um during the Second World War, the question everybody asked is is how did this happen? And of course that occupied a hell of a lot of the brain space of um especially the social psychologists, you know people like um like Milgram. And, um, and, and Solomon Ash, there was so much brain space that went into trying to answer this question, like how did this happen in, in Germany? How did the German people go along with this? Mm. How did they fall in, in step behind this obvious nut job, you know, this spittle-spraying insane person? And it's like, well, now we know. Now we know. And it sure as hell wasn't unique to the Germans, which is exactly what Solomon Ash and, and and Stanley Milgram showed in their experiments. Like you you could you could um you could get people to state in public absolute bollocks, things that were clearly untrue. That was the Ash Conformity experiments. And then of course the Milgram experiments showed that you you could actually get people to well, to, to do what they thought was delivering a lethal electric shock to a perfect stranger. You know, if a guy in a white coat said so.
0: Yep. And the majority of people did that too, didn't they, that experiment? The majority um, of people went in, through in it.
1: The, in the main experiment, yeah. What most people don't know about the Milgram experiment is it wasn't an experiment. It was multiple experiments with a whole bunch of different settings and different conditions. Yeah. And in one of the conditions, and I find this really interesting, if the uh, if the person who went before you um actually refused like so so um remembering that in the milgram experiments everyone was in on it except the the subject who was delivering these imaginary electric shocks that the subject who thought they were real electric, electric shocks but they weren't right so um every the everyone else was an actor or or just in on it in some way and in one version of the milgram experiment um the people were sitting in a waiting room and the person before them, who was in the position of delivering these imaginary electric shocks actually like got to a certain point and they said no I'm not doing this, this is really wrong and only 10 percent of people who who saw that non-compliance being demonstrated went on to take the like the shock dial all the way up to the lethal level only 10 percent. It just goes to show you what the the modelling that you know good behaviour and the refusal to to do unethical things um, that that modelling has really powerful effects and and that brings us back to to this whole discussion right because what these what what this legislation and all the other bits of legislation that that are as you say like slotting into place around it um, what they do is they disallow people from seeing any kind of um, let's say contesting any kind of disputation of that central narrative, so you won't yeah. be able to to read or you know watch or listen to a different point of view. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's something you've seen in the um, the whole vaccine debate over the years too. There's so much information yeah. out there that people can go to 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 see that vaccines, all vaccines, are quite dangerous. I mean, that's I believe that, and I know you probably do as well um
1: i, yep, mean, I'm I, a, a I bit think worse in
0: your mouth but yeah
1: um. um no i i would say all right let's let's put it in the most cautious way possible there is no vaccine currently available either recommended to children or or on the adult schedule where the benefits of that vaccine have been demonstrated to outweigh the risks no, there's mm. no vaccine where you can say there's been careful, long-term follow-up studies that have demonstrated that you're better off taking this vaccine because the benefits outweigh the risks.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, there there certainly isn't. Um, and I mean, during the 1986 Act, one of the one of the things that they ended up getting that act put forward uh, for was the pharmaceutical company saying that. That all vaccines are unavoidably unsafe that was that was part of the, the legislation was put in there so that's how they got that act to come through in the first place they can't make them safe so they yep. had to get protection um but over the years people have been well they've been tricked into thinking they are safe because of the the mass blackout of information that has been available is mm-hmm. just not reporting the msm the only the only time it's really caught a bit of traction is with the internet age and people being able to look it up themselves and finally getting people like joe rogan to talk about it rfk jr and now some really quite mainstream people a lot of a lot of doctors i know peter mccullough's done a complete u-turn on on he's vaccine science, he doesn't is he?
1: completely flipped. He's he's done a one eighty. Yeah. So many of the COVID dissident doctors were at pains to say when they first came out to to speak about the dangers of the COVID shots, they were at pains to say, "Oh, I think all the other vaccines are great. You know, I've had all mine, and I recommend them to my patients, and they're they're just dandy. I only have a problem with this one." And some of them are still stuck in that way of thinking, but a lot of them are now saying, "Do you know what?" Now that my attention's been brought to this, I realise that that I did not study this adequately at medical school. I accepted a um, uh, a bill of goods on these on these on the safety of these vaccines, and I never should have done that. Yeah, so and that's good to see. Like, it's good to see that these people can actually change their positions when they become aware of contradictory evidence. And what is also good to see is that now, now that RFK is actually, you know, running for president, um, he's being asked these questions in public fora, and uh, and and he's giving really, really detailed answers mm. and bringing people around to the point of view that, at the very least, the safety studies need to be done. The neglected safety studies. Need to be done.
0: Well, they certainly bloody do. Um, will they be done? Probably not. Um, but in saying that, that's very damaging to the industry itself because the truth Incredibly is getting bad. out
1: there. I mean, and a, and a lot of parents, a lot of parents are saying, "Yeah, I'm either you know, I'm, I'm going to go through the schedule, and there are some that I'm going to skip, like hepatitis B. Really? Why? Why would I put that into my my day-old baby? Um, Tested for five
0: and- days for." by the way, the hepatitis B yeah. vaccine, tested yeah. for five whole days yeah. Yeah. with about 300 people.
1: Unbelievable, mm. unbelievable, yeah. And um, and so I, I personally know of um, a lot of parents now who are choosing not to vaccinate their kids at all or they're going through the vaccine schedule and they're just picking out particular vaccines and administering them and not on the schedule, like they're administering them at a later age than is recommended in the schedule. Um, and, of course, the more people learn about these vaccines, the more they become inclined to to skip most of them, if not all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, look, we can't tell anybody what to do. The only thing I would recommend anybody does is just do some bloody research. And I know that seems yeah. to be a a bad thing to do these days, doing, doing your own research. But... Doing your
1: own research, yeah. I mean, read, read Neil Miller's book. Um, Oh, God, what's the name of it? Neil Miller's, you know, 500 Studies on Vaccine Safety or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you look up Neil Z. Miller, um, you'll find his book, and it's a great place to start. I know a lot of people um, have read Turtles all the way down, and that's really, really flipped them.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you want to, just a real compact version as well. Um, If you jump onto the high wire this week, uh, there's got, Aaron Siri's entire presentation to, I think it was the Texas, Texas Senate. And that is just amazing. And, you know, when it comes, when it comes from someone like him, who's a lawyer who has to speak within the law, has to speak the truth. It's just undisputable. If you got anybody that might be on the fence about it, show them that. And mm. it's amazing. It's about 45 minutes, but it's 45 minutes well spent, in my opinion. But yeah. we need, we need to be able to get the information out there. So, look, if, if you... Like, like any of these issues, we can complain about it. We can write on Telegram or Twitter how much we hate it. But in the end, we need to go to the source and say, no, we don't want this. One thing we don't do enough as a country is you know, partake in the democratic process. Whatever you think, it, if it works, if it doesn't, you know what? If you don't do it, it's definitely not going to work. So jump onto this page here, infrastructure.gov.au, have your say. Um, I'll drop that in the show notes as well. But this is where you can have your say on this new bill. So. Get in here and tell them you don't want it to so participate. You've got 34 days left to do this. Otherwise, I fear this will go into law and then we're all screwed pretty much.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, if if you're if you get writer's block when you even think about writing um, submissions to this, Meryl Dory's Substack, the Informed Choice Substack, she's actually you know publishing on her Substack with people's permission the submissions that they've sent in, and you know I mean I read through them and go wow I wouldn't have sent that to, to some of them, but nonetheless like it, it's it's a, there's a broad spectrum of different framings of of this, so that's a good place to go for ideas if you want to have your say, but you're not really used to. As you say, Mitch, Australians generally don't participate much in the democratic process, and a lot of people go, oh, I'd like to say something, but I don't know what to say. Okay, read what someone else has written. Don't copy and paste it, obviously, um, but you can use that as a, as a starting point to, to gather your own thoughts about it.
0: Yeah, and in the end, look, it doesn't really matter what you say too much but as long as you say you don't want it. Like it's better, yeah. Than, better but than say it concisely you
1: know. and don't swear at them. Yep. you know, be be polite but firm. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's up there for a reason, so do it. I mean, legally it has to be up there, and we need to get more into this this process. So mm. there you go. Um, look, I just want to finish it off by there's here's a um an article here. Hang on, not that one. Sorry, unheard. So this is by Michael Schallenberger. And I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to go down here. It's, it talks about you can see it. You can see this censorship shadow in every Western country, from the U.S. to Canada to Ireland and Australia, as well as in every multinational organization, from EU to UN. Rising levels of hate speech and misinformation, we are told, make it more urgent than ever for governments, corporations, and multilateral organizations to adopt stronger measures to protect vulnerable populations all online. So this is almost a carbon copy of what we just heard in ours. So. This is obviously coming from the top. It's coming from the UN. It's no coming, doubt. you know, it's no coming doubt. from Klaus Schwab uh, and his organization. Um, it's you know the, it's a really good article by Michael Schellenberg. It's quite a long one, so just check it out in here. Uh, but he talks about the Biden Department's Homeland Security recent creating the disinformation governance board. So, European Commission crafted new Digital Services Act, code of practice on disinformation, and the UN is proposing a code of contact for information integrity on digital platforms. So, a lot of these, yep. um, and we and
1: we spoke about the Irish hate speech, yeah. hate speech legislation several weeks ago. That's in that's in the same kind of, you know, clutch of bad eggs.
0: Mm. It is, and we got we got we got similar stuff here. Like something just passed in uh, Queensland last last month. Uh, to do with people being able to get jailed for inciting hate speech online. Um, yeah. But it was it yeah. sort of just passed through here and nobody of, talks about except it. Except,
1: of course, if they're Hindu, yeah. yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, hate speech, talk about a nebulously defined term. And who are these vulnerable populations, vulnerable populations mm. online? When I think vulnerable population, I think teenage girls and boys for that matter going through the usual sort of difficulties that one has in adolescence and you know trying to form an identity being bombarded with transgender propaganda that's what i think when i think of vulnerable populations online right what well, what do they mean who are these vulnerable populations and what what is the risk of them being exposed to you know information like like RFK Jr. is providing on the fact that there have not been safety studies done on any of the vaccines, any of the childhood vaccines, not adequate, not not what you'd really call safety studies. What's what's the risk to to people? In what way are they vulnerable?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think in that too, like when you're talking about actual science, scientific data which shows there is no scientific studies, one way to get around that is by saying harmful information as well because it's harmful to a cause let's, let's say what happened in the states recently when they with twitter and facebook and all them were sort of brought up that they censored true posts they said oh well, that's because mm. it was harmful to the vaccine rollout so it, it this is not just going to stop at misinformation or disinformation this is no gonna, this, this is, this is the malinformation
1: yep this is the the newly invented category of malinformation yeah it's true but people are using it for bad reasons. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's the Julian Assange defense, isn't it? Yeah, the, all that we did bomb those uh, journalists, but it's it was harmful because state secrets and you know it's it it put all our assets out in the open, and now their lives are at danger. So that's why it's yeah, a crime.
1: Which is absolute bollocks. Absolute, just a total lie. Total De- lie. Definitely. Yeah. So, so definitely keep an eye on
0: this. This is about yeah. as dystopian as I've seen um, over this time.
1: Uh, yeah we've we've never I mean you know propaganda is is a thing propaganda has been around since forever but but we've just never seen this full court press I mean during the second World War there were fascist states and and the threat of those fascist states was was really evident and then there were communist states and the threat of those was really evident and the West while of course there was propaganda during the war and there was censorship of of in particular anti-war views, the West prided itself on not having these totalitarian leanings. And now what we see is is every um, you know, every country that comes from that Western heritage is just falling into line with mm. this absolute totalitarianism. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really terrifying. and they have the technological capacity to to achieve that now.
0: They certainly do. They they really do. Um, and I mean, one of the one of the things that worries me the most is how many people work up over COVID who have gone back to sleep, and yeah. now think, "Well, oh, COVID's over. Oh, we can go back to our, our normal life." After they've actually seen this happen, they've just been clo- they've closed their eyes. I don't think you can truly close your eyes because once you've seen the other side, it's hard to go back. Again,
1: again, no, Mitch, this this goes back to personality, right? So, so people who are so, sort of fundamentally agreeable. Um, they they actually they don't want to believe that human beings can be capable of really really dark acts. Like they know that there are historical figures. There there are times in history when there've been really 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 bad people who did really 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 bad things. Um, but they don't they don't want to contemplate the possibility. Well, they don't want to contemplate the reality that that you know according to the the best evidence we have, around three percent of the population are psychopaths and as you go up the ranks in terms of power, whether it be in corporations or in the state, the percentage of of, of psychopaths increases because psychopaths are drawn to power, and there are dumb psychopaths who just become like, I don't know, mafia hitmen or whatever, Um, but the smart psychopaths, Get themselves into positions where they can uh, exercise, where they can wield power over other people, because that's how they get their jollies, right? But but highly agreeable people don't want to think that they they want to they want to believe, you know, um, little uh, X-Files call back there. They want to believe that people are into public service because they want to serve the public. I mean, isn't that a quaint notion? I think I used to believe that once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I want to a serve long time the public. Ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want to be in control and get paid really well to do it at the same time. Mm, mm, so mm. yeah, yeah, you're right. This I think um there was a study done. I think it was something like five or ten, ten times higher amounts of psychopaths or sociopaths in politics or or as a CEO of a company.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Because they are they're drawn like moss to a
1: flame. So. Totally. Yep,
0: yeah. and it, it's yeah. perfect. Perfect for them.
1: Mm hmm. Yep. All that power. Whoa! So exciting.
0: Yeah. So as we said, keep an eye on it. But um, yeah, not looking. do you the say moment.
1: like sent your submission into this this Acma um um commission thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. just do there it. Do again.
0: It. We'll, we'll put it up in the show notes mm-hmm. definitely. And have a read of that Schellenberger article too, because he's a he's yeah. he's only really someone I've discovered recently, and he's yeah, he's pretty bloody good. So.
1: Yeah, actually, I stumbled across him in relation to the whole climate thing. Um, um, Apocalypse Never was was the book of his that that I read first because he was he was he has been like a full tilt greeny environmentalist. Who's he's still an environmentalist, but he's flipped his position on a lot of different things, including yeah. nuclear energy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, one of those true progressives, isn't he? That actually, yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't get to see swayed. progress, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, like, <laughs> like uh, Jimmy Dore, Gren Greenwald, all, all those guys, you know. So, yeah, anyway, we'll uh, we'll jump on to the next story now, um, which is another pretty outrageously funny one. Um, Victoria Police look into the claims officers identifying as gendered neutral for extra $1,300 allowance. So I'm not sure how they even got away with this uh, this article without being called transphobes to begin with, but here we go. Uh, Victoria Place is investigating reports that some of the officers are gaming the HR system by self-identifying as gender neutral in order to gain an extra thirteen hundred dollars a year. And this is in um in this is tax free for uniform, basically. Well, so-
1: actually it said that it was um um like it's it's a non-uniform clothing allowance i'm like hang on these people actually get uniforms how is it it was was described somewhere in the article as a civilian clothing allowance i mean why why do police have a civilian clothing allowance they're they have a uniform i don't get it anyway yeah I,
0: i don't really get it either is it i don't know i don't know um but So yeah, the number has quadrupled since last year um, and they're investigating whether people are are, are sort of gaming the system. So the one thing I want to say about this though is how do you raise that with someone? Aren't you just supposed to believe people these days and call them whatever they want? So yeah, how how do Um, you improve this?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm actually really, really pleased to see things like this happening because it it really shoves under the public's nose the absolute ridiculous of this self-identification. Mm. Like I identify as a woman because I'll get an extra thirteen hundred bucks in clothing allowance. Like when that's when that's shoved into the public view and they're like, hang on, that's my taxpayers' dollars paying these these um the fraudsters 1300 bucks extra per year again, I mean why do they get a civilian clothing allowance in the first place that, that's an outrage but they' can earn an extra 1300 bucks a year at taxpayers expense. yeah, tax free, fabulous and 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 they 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 can't and and you know if their if their boss kind of says Bob, I know you're not a woman, and you're just gaming the system. Bob can get all all sniffy and and call him the DEI consultant, and have the boss dress down for it. Right? So.
0: <laughs> it's so it's so confusing. Um, I was just speaking to uh, one of my mates who's up here from Melbourne, and he runs a Dungeons and Dragons night, which I found quite funny. He said there's a lot of there's a lot of non-binary people or people that you know the they thems and all sorts of stuff and I said isn't it funny you're playing Dungeons and Dragons which is a role-playing game and you've got people that like role-playing in real life what comes first is is this the way it is but he said it gets very confusing because people demand to be called by their pronouns but in the game a non-binary person will often play a binary person so he has they have to also not only address people by their their um preferred pronouns but they've got to address them in the, the game as well as their preferred pronoun in the game so it's like it's just it's a nightmare I'm like mate I don't know how you do that that's just that's just getting ridiculous and
1: then <laughs> yeah yeah I um my my question would be why why would you do that? I mean I'm I'm sorry I I can I am not going to feed into these people's insanity right too bad, too bad. Like a guy dressed, a guy wearing a dress, that's still a guy and yes. I'm going to call him he. Like, too bad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think if they ask me to call him something else, I'm happy to do it within reason. But, um, yeah, look, in the end, do what you want, but don't force your, your crap on anybody else. That's, that's my main yep. rule in life um yeah but please. it looks like here just going further down the article anyways uh so the voice of Victoria added I'm told this is intended to be a fu to the organization um to the organization only and not the LGBTI community this is what happens when staff are left under resourced overworked and underappreciated for too long would expect the union also has no idea how to handle the situation so maybe oh, that's
1: really interesting. So the coppers are basically going, you know what, management just treats us like like absolute dirt. So we're we're just we're just gonna like ring out of them whatever we can get. But again, I mean this this annoys me because you're ring it out of out of the tax paying public, right? So if they if they think they're taking revenge on management for under-resourcing them, okay, let let's think about where. You know where that thirteen hundred bucks actually comes from, and this is not contributing in any way to to their, um, you know, to, to to their core duties of, of actually, you know, keeping down crime and maintaining the public peace and order. Yeah. This this could be
0: this could be just one of those stands that they are taking where they end up just saying, look, this is how ridiculous it is because they, nobody can actually accuse us of doing it or take it away from us because that would be uh-huh. inherently, you know, um, transphobic. So mm-hmm. I mean, this reminds me of when Zuby decided he was going to become a woman for the day and break the world powerlifting record.
1: Yeah, classic. Yeah. So what what's it
0: what's the difference in that? He's, he's made a stand. He's he's a woman for the day and um and that's it. Hmm. So you can't say anything about it, can you? Not allowed yeah, to these no, days.
1: no yeah, no one can argue with him because for that day he identified as a woman. Yeah. Which no one can define.
0: No, no. <laughs> and this reminds me of another article I saw last week which was, this is schools are now allowing children to identify as cats, horses, and dinosaurs.
1: Why wouldn't you? (laughs) What could possibly go wrong?
0: Yep, so apparently this is is the UK, I believe. Yeah, so at a state Mm -hmm. secondary school in Wales, one student is said to meow when asked questions by a teacher rather than answering in English, the Telegraph reports in other schools. One apparently insists on being addressed as a dinosaur. One claims to identify as a horse, while another is said to wear a cape and demands to be acknowledged as a moon.
1: Yeah, how do you reckon your your teachers um, would have handled this when you were in school, Mitch, or or your parents if you you know if they asked you a question and you meowed in response? What what, uh, what reaction do you think you would have got? I
0: think we'd have got a smack on the ass and sent to bed, to be honest. But. Um, <laughs>
1: Corporal punishment was still a thing until I was about halfway through high school, so I reckon it would have been down to the principal's office for six of the best.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And the thing is, the stupid thing about this is this is not unusual for kids to do this. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm Superman today or I'm a cat today. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's, it's called pretend play and that's fine out in the playground. It's not fine in the classroom.
0: No, no, just just go. Oh, you're a cat, are you? That's great. Okay, now let's mm. go back to being human now, because we've got to we got to do some work. So, yeah. uh, but you're not allowed to do that now because that's being uh, once again transphobic, um,
1: or yeah. queerphobic or something. Queerphobic or other. Or... I mean, what even is this? What because this isn't true. Uh, it's transhuman, I suppose. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, this it's gotten to the point though where like people don't even really read the news anymore. They just hear something about trans things being transphobic and and uh, unfair and they just go with it like i was one of my staff members yesterday said to me oh you see they've just they've just passed a law in the states which makes it legal to discriminate against uh, lgbt people and i said you sure about that oh yeah yep they just passed the law so i looked it up because i thought well (laughs) crazier things have happened in the states so i looked it up look it wasn't far off it was just a just a Legislation about freedom of speech, which was uh, a cake like um someone a cake maker or a no a designer I think it was yeah. didn't want because to design of, uh, something
1: the website wedding website designer or something like yeah it, or didn't or... want to design yeah.
0: something for same sex marriage because yeah. it goes against their religion which yeah. I don't I don't personally agree with it. I think that you know don't don't be an asshole and just design the website but it's it's their choice if it goes against their religion it's their choice go find yeah. another web designer
1: I know I know it's it's like like the the case of the Colorado. Uh, Colorado Baker, who uh, was this this went um, up several levels of the courts because a a gay couple wanted him to bake them a wedding cake, and you know he was a conservative Christian, and and again you know it, it was not in line with his um religious beliefs, and he was legally forced to bake them a wedding cake. I mean, like why why do you want your wedding cake baked by someone who doesn't want to bake it? Yeah. Apart from anything else, there's a whole like, what might it put in there? Um, like, go go somewhere else. There's plenty of other bakers. I, I I don't I don't understand this insistence that oh everyone has to accept my lifestyle choices. Actually, no, they don't. Like you mm. you go live how you want to live, and as long as you don't harm anyone else, like whatever. Okay, but don't expect everyone else. To approve of your choices in the same way that that you know there are people who, for instance, you know disapprove of 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 other other parents enrolling their kids in a Catholic school or a Muslim school or a Jewish school or, for that matter, a Montessori school. You know, um, there there are always going to be people who live in a way that, that that you don't particularly like, and frankly, it is none of your goddamn business. So, yeah, I just I just don't get it. I well, I kind of do because these, these people have been um, um, encouraged to see their whole lives as grievance. Like mm. they're always being discriminated against and harmed in some way and it's their right to make everyone fall in line with their delusional beliefs or, or even even just their personal choices. I, no, that's, that's not the Western liberal tradition. The Western liberal tradition is we've got a, a plurality of Of people, different religious faiths and different ideas about um, you know politics and how to live and whatever else. and we have we have some basic we have some basic rules, some basic laws, but beyond that, it's like you go live however you want to live, as long as you're not intruding on other people. And again, I mean, that's what these people want to overturn, so that we just have this this completely homogenized culture. It's terrifying
0: yeah and they want the government to facilitate that which is even more terrifying (laughs) yeah
1: yeah they want to hire the government as muscle and and the government is only too happy to fulfill that role because then the state can intrude itself into every aspect of people's private lives you know rather than rather than the state's basic function being look you maintain secure borders and make sure that if people break the law there's there's you know something there's some police force or whatever to catch them and 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 punish them. there's some court system, and other than that, basically bugger off and leave people to you know look after themselves. No, now we have the state intruding into absolutely every facet of people's lives, you know literally from before you're born, all the way through to after you die. just yeah. It, it yeah. It's terrifying.
0: People can't make their own decisions anymore. Like we went to the opening of a new Costco down here in in Gold Coast and we're going in and there there was people directing traffic just to go, oh, there's parks over here and parks over here. But Mm. the car in front of us, all they needed to do was turn, but they had to, they were standing there. They were just sitting there like, what's car doing? Just in front of us. It Mm. turns out. We figured out he was waiting for the guy to turn around and tell them they could turn. The guy turned around and goes, yeah, just turn, <laughs> turn buddy. Because people are so, they've gotten so used to people telling them what to do that yeah. they're getting, they're paralysed with the, the thought of having to make a decision when they think R- they R- need right the to wait for someone.
1: Remember the stickers that appeared on the on the floors of the of the shops. Oh yeah, stand know, here during in convict. Yeah, stand here and keep this distance. And I'd see people standing on those dots. I'm like, screw that. I'm not standing anywhere near that dot. <laughs> like it was just a point of principle. I'm not standing on that dot. I will stand in front of it, beside it, <laughs> whatever. I'm not standing on that goddamn dot. Yeah. I'm not following that arrow, right? I'm going in the opposite direction to that arrow. <laughs>
0: It, it was a funny time, wasn't it? I actually kind it's of agreeable.
1: got, a, yeah,
0: I got kind of like a, a sick joy out of uh, going into shops and saying, like, "No, nah, I'm not scanning that. Nope, nope, not doing that." <laughs> Just watching as they go, "What do I do with this? I, I don't know what to do," <laughs> you know. <laughs> You did feel sorry for the poor buggers standing in the shop, though. Oh, my boss is just making me do this, but yeah. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, had, I had, uh, I had a, not an altercation, but I had an incident with um with the staff at Aldi when they were first bringing in the the sort of um you you you've got to you've got to uh, scan the QR code like for the contact tracing, and um so. So when I got to the counter, because you're supposed to do it when you go in the store, and I got to the counter, they said, "Oh, have you scanned? Uh, you know, have you scanned?" I'm like, "No." Um, oh well, you you need to. It's a condition of entry to to the store. I'm, like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and so I said, you know, politely, and the checkout operator turns to the manager and says, "What do I do?" And the manager's like, okay. "Yeah." <laughs> We don't want to do this anyway. It's stupid. Yeah. yeah we're a we're a freaking grocery store, right? We just want to sell people groceries. We're not the enforcement arm of the government. And so yeah, I mean the whole encounter was perfectly friendly, but but there was just this sort of, you know, this confusion. Oh, we've got a customer who won't comply. Yeah, you're damn right I won't comply. <laughs>
0: wow. Doesn't that tell you something too? You're probably the only one that did that for the for the weekend. Like the oh wow. Yeah, was, I was the, the, the only one that who did.
1: This is during the height of mask madness. And I just walk out, like, no, I'm not wearing a mask. What are you going to do about it? Okay. And there'd be, you know, security standing at the back. Of, Hello, fellas. I'm not wearing a mask, you know. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I dare you, I dare you to approach me and ask me why I'm not wearing a mask. And yeah. they never did. That was what was so interesting about it. They never did ask
0: no no i only had one time where someone's really gone after me and that was at a at a um at, at a shopping center in winham and the security guard there he sees me goes you gotta wear a mask i said no no i do i don't do that said, you got to, and i said no it's i'm not gonna do that i've got it's free choice i'm not gonna do it and he followed me followed me through he said you gotta do it are you gonna make people sick i'm like well i'm not sick so i'm not sure how i'm gonna do that but he kept going yes i'm gonna call the police and i said Call them. I'll just tell them I'll be down at the two dollar shop down there. And I'll chat to them when they get here. So in the end in the end he just goes, Oh stuff you made. I'm not gonna do it. It's too much bloody paperwork. And he just walked off. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if only people realized how simple it is, right? That that was what that was what was so frustrating to me um, when all of this madness was brought in. If you have 50 people walking into Alby and not wearing a mask and refusing to scan their QR code and whatever else, there is absolutely no way that the store, the staff, the the security guards can do anything about it. If, if we had had you know, every doctor in, in this country just refusing to administer the jabs and refusing to, to have them themselves, the whole thing would have been over. Would have been over in in a matter of hours, Definitely. but yeah, you know, pe- people comply. And again, you know, this was the um, this was Ash and and Milgram writ large. Yeah, we 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 know what happened in Germany because we saw it unfold in our very own country, and same all over the world.
0: Yes, very scary stuff indeed when you put it like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Right. So would you address your 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 child by what what are the correct pronouns for moon, by the way? Is it moon self?
0: Moon self. Um I have no idea, but it would be ridiculous, whatever it is.
1: What 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 are cat pronouns? What are the correct pronouns for addressing someone who identifies as a cat? I mean, yeah, honestly, these you just, <laughs> what 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 is happening? with these kids at home, are their parents putting up with this or do they just figure, oh, this is a bit of a lark, I can get away with this at school?
0: Yeah, I don't know that the younger generation are starting to worry me because I've got, I've got, like, uh, my kids' school reports of first graders coming to school with knives and cigarettes and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think I'd rather kids come to school and identify as a moon than than that. But, um, yeah, that's yeah. a fair question something something's going on with uh with the the kids these days because I don't remember kids being like that when I was just out of out of um you know out of kindergarten so it just yeah I mean it
1: just wouldn't have been number one it wouldn't have been tolerated And number two it wouldn't have occurred it no. just wouldn't have occurred to 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 these yeah you know to to me or any of my classmates no yeah. it would,
0: wouldn't have something something's going seriously wrong in society and we can see it in I I think
1: I think that being drinking too much diet coke i think so
0: i think so so um this is this is what i wanted to ask you about because as a naturopath you would have a lot of information on this and i have heard lots of bad things about the spartam in the past i've also heard a lot of stuff that says it's complete rubbish it's fine it's just two amino acids which are put together and blah 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 Mm. so there is a, a a quite a dark history behind Spartan to do with the old defense Minister Donald Rumsfeld Donald Rumsfeld yeah <laughs> which is yeah. which is dodgy in itself if you know what Donald Rumsfeld got up to over the time he was defense minister of or uh, not defense as, Minister, as someone but, uh, I
1: know is, is is fond of saying you know he'd be into a he he'd be into anything but a poo sandwich and that'd only be because he didn't like the bread. <laughs> that was Al, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> One of the dodgiest characters ever. Um, I think his, his classic moment was, you know, announcing the $2.3 trillion, $2.1, $2.3 $2.3 trillion $2.1. dollar $2.1. hole in the Pentagon's budget on September the 10th, mm. 2001, on a Monday. Yeah,
0: just <laughs> before the plane flew into his office, which he wasn't in at the time.
1: Yeah, just before the just before the plane, um, hit the budget analyst office of the team that had been assigned to investigate what happened to the two point three trillion missing dollars in the Pentagon's budget, poof, all gone. Yeah,
0: he was also, um, apparently he was also responsible for telling people to not shoot down the the plane that was on the way to the Pentagon. So. Yes, uh, I mean, mass, massive can of worms, that one, but I'm sure a few of our, our watchers have, have researched the hell out of 9-11. Um, yeah.
1: Indeed, <laughs> it's just yeah.
0: But this, uh, this story doesn't have anything to do with 9-11, um, which is lucky because it would be a very long article. But so <laughs> uh, after after many, many years of this being known as being cast the the Who has finally come out and said it is. So... Um, one of the world's most common artificial sweeteners is set to be declared a possible carcinogen next month by a leading global health body, according to two sources, uh, sources, sources, <laughs> sources with knowledge of the process, pitting it against the food industry and regulators. Aspartame used in products from Coca-Cola diet, sodas to Mars, extra chewing gum and some Snapple drinks, whatever that is, will be listed in July as possibly carcinogenic, carcinogenic humans for the first time by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. The World Health Organization's Who Cancer Research Darm, um, the sources have told Reuters. So, the first thing I thought about this when I heard it was maybe it's really good for you, and that's why they're banning it.
1: Yeah um well the first thing that I I thought of was this is a distraction technique it's like don't 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 look at the the poison shots look over here at the nasty aspartame you know um aside from the cancer angle with aspartame it it is a neurotoxin and so when you look at the principal reasons for um certainly a big chunk of the excess mortality in Australia, um, over the last, you know, couple of years, it's from Alzheimer's, and so again, I mean, the the plot the shots are uh, there are several mechanisms by which they can accelerate neurodegeneration, um, but so does. A, a potentially plays a role in that as well. Um, the other thing is that all artificial sweeteners increase the risk of diabetes, which that was that's the other condition that largely accounts for the, the excess of deaths in Australia. So first thing that I thought of is, is this is a distraction. It's like don't go look at the poison shops, look at this nasty food additive. Um who knows? Who knows with these people? Don't don't forget too that the, the WHO is not a monolithic body. And there are um, there, there are still, you know, I, I would say some good people working within the WHO and all the various different arms and branches of the WHO, and uh, they're not all on the same page.
0: No, no. I so, mean, we had a couple know. of those come out during the pandemic. There was there was a lady that came out. I can't remember what she exactly said, but she got hushed up pretty quickly. She came out to us, the and then. Then another guy came out and rubbish lockdowns and said we would only ever use that as a last resort.
1: Yep. Um. So Indeed. yeah,
0: you're right. There are there are some some good people in there that might slip yep. through. Maybe this is just one of those things where they go, oh, they see they are doing good because I can't argue mm-hmm. with this. So people see this and go, oh, maybe maybe they're not so bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. It no, that's that's actually quite plausible that they're they're trying to regain some sort of trust with the public by um validating a a concern that that many health professionals and, and a not inconsiderable chunk of the public have, have had for some time, which is that artificial sweeteners generally are really, you know, really problematic. And they definitely don't do that they they don't fulfill the promise, okay, which is, oh look, this doesn't have any calories, so it's way better for you if you're overweight, um, and also it, it's not sugar, so it's better for you if you're diabetic. Well, actually, the reverse has been found to be true. So people who eat more artificial sweeteners are more likely to be overweight. Could be a reverse causality. Could be people who are overweight choosing um, artificial sweeteners because they think, well, this product's got fewer calories, therefore it's better than uh, better for me. However um there's a giant mass of evidence that all artificial sweeteners alter the gut microbiome in some really really hazardous ways, increasing the risk of obesity and also diabetes. So yeah this this one this one's just really difficult to uh to diagnose um and and it, it's also entirely possible that um this is one that they had on the shelf, so to speak, mm. and they just, waited until a very convenient time to pull it out, again, as a sort of squirrel kind of technique, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, should you be having aspartame sweetened products? No, definitely not, definitely not, regardless of, of whether um, the IARC is is correct in terms of its role in cancer. Yeah, you just shouldn't be having these. They're they're bad for you on every level.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe um, Donna Robsville sold his share in the company that, you know,
1: that made it to be it. begin with, I mean, it. is it is it
0: true that the initial studies on aspartame that were given to the FDA were they were manipulated because the the mice they gave the aspartame to actually grew like mega tumors, like turbo tumors, and they ended up yeah, cutting, there, cutting there the tumors all, out or something.
1: Yeah, there saying, was There's all no tumors. sorts with yeah. with those. And um, Rumsfeld, so Rumsfeld went from. Um, it was it was G. D. Searle that he was working for. And then he went to a position in um he went to this this was before he was he was Baby Bush's defense minister. He was in one of the I think he might have been in Daddy Bush's cabinet. Um maybe as agriculture secretary or role in the FDA. I can't I can't remember. I'd need to look that up. But so so he went from uh, this uh, position, GD Searle, which was the manufacturer of a of a spartan, to a position you know within government that was basically responsible for approving this thing. So, yeah, um, the uh, bear, bear in mind that when they do the animal studies for all food additives, they do administer. Um, dosages of of the additive that are far in excess of what any normal human being would would consume, and there are all sorts of other reasons why you simply can't extrapolate the results of animal studies to to humans. Okay, yeah. so while there was a hell of a lot of of just dirty dealings that went on with the initial approval of aspartame, the evidence has accumulated since on actual humans consuming. Um, like normal dietary amounts of these artificial sweeteners has confirmed the the danger, and it's not necessarily the same dangers that you're going to see in animal studies that involve administering you know ridiculously high dosages, but um, they like I mentioned, I mean these, these are uh, aspartame is a neurotoxin, um, it, it causes severe derangements to the microbiome. Um, there's an increased risk of, of, of diabetes in people who consume artificial sweeteners. Yeah. It's, it's just a hot mess. Stay away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting here. They, they said, um, so the IARC ruling can have a huge impact in 2015, the committee concluded that glyphosate is probably carcinogenic. So rather than saying it I'm is not... carcinogenic. so And yeah. they also said that um, meat is carcinogenic
1: where that was a bit of a contentious issue too. Um, well, um, the the probably so they they have um, numerous different grades, and so probably as opposed to a known human carcinogen, that's really dependent on the level of evidence, and uh, the level of evidence being you know what kinds of studies do we have. In humans, you know, how big is the sample size, how solid is the research methodology. So when IARC made its rulings on, on meat, um, they concluded that processed meat is a known human carcinogen, mm-hmm. um, specifically for colorectal cancer. And that that does seem very, very watertight. In terms of red meat, they gave it the probable carcinogen because it has been linked to colorectal cancer, but the 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 weight, like there isn't there isn't as much evidence. No, these for... were
0: population studies too. Though, weren't they weren't. They weren't. They weren't randomized controlled studies. They are all population. You can't studies do a randomized.
1: Throughout. You can't do a randomized controlled study of diet over a period of time that's meaningful in terms of studying cancer. Mm. I mean, pe- people don't stick to an assigned diet for for a couple of weeks, let alone years to decades, which is the lead time with cancer. Yeah, so, it's yeah. basically
0: basically impossible to to tell. Then really isn't it because you know if you're gonna eat a hamburger and smoke a cigarette and have a beer and you know half a bottle of jack daniels the
1: the studies do attempt to control for for confounding factors like smoking and obesity and exercise levels and education levels and all of these other factors but you know you you can never achieve perfect statistical control in any of these studies so um so when when they when they come up with the you know the probable or the or the known human carcinogen, they're they're looking at um, large cohort studies, so population follow up studies, uh, some degree of case control studies as well, but also verified by by um, in vitro. Uh, so laboratory experiments and and animal studies. So in other words, you try to triangulate from a number of data sources or, yeah. or types yeah. of, of, of scientific study. Um, in other words, there has to be biological plausibility for carcinogenesis, right? There has to be a mechanism or multiple mechanisms that have been identified. That's where the, the lab work and the animal studies come in. Um, But if you've got lab work that says it's a carcinogen and animal research that shows it's a carcinogen, but you can't demonstrate it in the human population, then, you know, the, the, the lab and animal studies don't like they don't compensate for the fact that you haven't found this this link in humans with decent sized cohort studies.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes a bit more sense.
1: Yeah so um IARC as I as I understand it IARC is is probably one of the more trustworthy um subdivisions you might say of of WHO now again I mean any anything that comes out of any um government or or NGO needs to be needs to be very carefully scrutinized but you know like I said before it's not like everyone in the WHO is 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 a you know Evil globalist, and and actually, when I was doing my my public health degree, um, uh one of the coursework subjects was about the the history and the development of w, WHO. And yeah, I mean, look, WHO was was always an arm of the UN, and that's that suspect within itself. I would say my understanding of the history of WHO is that the the, the people who set it up initially were very. Um, Their motivations were really good. And up until the 1980s, the emphasis of the WHO was actually on empowering local communities, and they really encouraged the use of Indigenous, um, um, you know, things like herbal medicine that was Indigenous to to a particular area, for instance, and with a huge emphasis on primary health care. And then... um, the WHO actually got hijacked by by globalist forces and you can really pin it down to the early 90s. I think it was 1993 where they had a conference in Jakarta and that was the first time where, where corporations were actually um, invited to participate. In the WHO's mm. conference, and that was where the public-private partnerships began. So, prior to that, like '86, they had their annual meeting in um, in Ottawa, and the Ottawa Charter that came out of that was really putting primary healthcare at at the absolute centre, and and again, you know, encouraging, um, uh, let's just say, self sufficiency um, in in terms of healthcare. But, yeah, the WHO really got wide added by by globalist forces. Kind of a sad story because, again, I I think there are a lot of very, very well-motivated people in the WHO to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think um, to get into that sort of, well, not going to speak for everybody, but to get into medicine to begin with, uh, I think you have to have that sort of altruistic sort of view of, you know, of health and just wanting to help people in general. I know most most people I know in the industry, um, whether it be veterinary or, or mm. doctors, nurses, they all want to get in there to help people. Um, you know, it's, you, we can't really demonise those people. It's just the people above that c- control the funding because yeah. in the end it, it all comes from where the funding comes from. Follow the money and you'll find the answer, won't you?
1: Yeah. But, but you know, as the Chinese, so I think it's the Chinese saying, you know, the fish rocks from the head. So it's the the the, the culture of any organisation and, and the culture of professions is is set by those who who had that kind of institutional control. Yep. So, yeah, you get a bunch of well-motivated young people going in to study medicine or, or public health and they're all sort of starry-eyed, we're going to we're gonna save people and whatever. Um, and then they just get slotted into a system which is basically, you know, run by psychopaths. <laughs> yep, yep. yep <laughs> I don't know exactly. why I'm laughing about that, but, hey, you know, you're going to go crazy if you don't have a giggle at it.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. You know, it's uh, just people are going to get paid too um you know probably 70 percent of people didn't want to get the jab but they wanted to get paid so that's why they got it and same same yeah. so there's people probably don't believe in a lot of stuff they're spruking but they want to get paid and they're probably getting paid quite well for it so indeed you know yep. people are only human in the end now uh, they've got their own interests they need to look out for and it is look it is hard to go to go in alone and and mm. buck against the trend uh, especially when you've got a lot to lose so
1: Yep, that's right. And that's yep. that's quite frankly, you know, because people have been engineered into situations where they're, you know, they've got a whack and great mortgage and you know, many of them are paying private school fees, they they've got, you know, a car loan and all the rest of it. And um, um they're over a barrel. They're over a barrel financially. So you threaten a person like that who's got all these financial commitments and, and also, you know, they've they've constructed their family life around having a certain um degree of luxury, you know uh we've we've we've, we've got a, a late model car and we go away on overseas holidays and you know turn around to the kids and say, look, I don't um I don't want to stay in this job because my boss wants me to do something unethical or something that 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 I you know fear might harm my health. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna quit my job. We're gonna sell our fancy house and we're gonna to move to a country town. And we're going to homeschool you. Yep. <laughs> and and by the way, no no more no more holidays in Bali. <laughs> and a lot of people who who sort of wondered if that's what they should do then went and talked to their wife, their husband, their kids, or maybe even just contemplated that and thought, no freaking way. I'm going to have hell to pay if I even raise the idea of doing this. And so they, they went along with it. Yeah, they went along with the whole agenda. And that's sad
0: it is it is it's a uh, modern day slavery in the end
1: yeah mm. yeah 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 Yeah. wage slaves mm. yep. can't you make the
0: dec- no can't make the decisions you want to make because of what you've gotten yourself into in the end mm. yeah yeah all right mm. well with that so we got...
1: what's, our, what's our good news i think we should have some good news
0: um well the good news is that i think the world is starting to wake up to a few of these little things going on yeah um there's a lot of good news i mean Just, yeah, look at the RFK debate at the moment, Um, Joe Rogan coming around. Um, It's, to be honest, I feel like I have to pinch myself sometimes to see some of the the news that's coming out. And the fact that the vaccine debate is being held in
1: the mainstream space now. It's actually being forced yeah. onto center stage. It's and crazy. that is I don't know I don't know if you saw the um the New Hampshire town hall where this thoroughly incompetent female you know, journalists in inverted commerce, um, was was attempting to sort of hose down JFK uh, RFK, sorry, RFK Jr. about his its vaccine stance. Yeah. Did you see that one? And some yeah, I did. some doctor got News up Nation, to but- say yeah. vaccines are great and, and they're safe and they've been well tested. And Kennedy, in his, you know, very calm style, just basically demolished them. Just yeah. absolutely demolish them. And you can see a few of the faces of the audience there in, in the show and they they were you know really coming over to his side and then wonder of wonders um i noticed scott adams you know dilbert creator scott adams yeah. who has yeah. been a real kind of pro-narrative guy until quite recently yeah and he he retweeted that that snippet 10 minute snippet or so of, of RFK uh, junior refuting this this doctor's claims um and basically you know, politely, calmly, as he does, destroying the, the the journalist, and he retweeted it with a comment to the effect of, um, "This doesn't sound unreasonable to me." In other words, yeah, of course, we should have safety studies of of, of injections that are that are pushed into every baby's arm. Like, of course, what what. That's what a civilized society would do. So yes, that's the good news, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. you know, does RFK Jr. have a snowball's chance in hell of getting the Democrat nomination? Of course, he bloody doesn't. Um, but um, he's forcing the whole vaccine debate into you know on, on onto center stage, and people who formally dismissed the whole idea that there could be anything wrong with it with the with the sacrament of vaccines are now going, huh? Oh. Well, Interesting. Hang yeah. on a minute. I think yeah, I'll yeah. go and take a look at this.
0: And you see guys like Peter hotez and Anthony Fauci just continuing to get completely embarrassed by these snip- snippets yeah. coming out of them just going yeah it's a two shot vaccine. Oh no no it's it's a three shot it's a four shot vaccine. I'm, I always I'm said all, it was going to be four shots I'm
1: all in favor of 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 hotez being interviewed by as many people as possible because every time that clown opens his mouth he just, he, you know, doubles down on the impressions that I think most people have of him. This guy is an absolute clown, absolute yeah. clown. Yeah. And, and then, of course, there were the revelations of, of his involvement in the gain-of-function um, research as well that uh, who broke that story Someone yeah. on Substack broke that story. I can't remember Is it now. So the Great,
0: yeah. I think it was. Yeah, uh,
1: yes, yes, you're right. Yes, yeah. yes. So he's he's up to his smarmy little eyeballs in gain of function research. So yeah, <laughs> like credibility. <laughs> yeah, because he was
0: he was originally critical of the of the vaccine at the start. He was saying yeah. that it was probably not gonna work and it's quite dangerous. And then yeah. they probably came to him and said, Uh, do you remember giving that money to the scientists in Wuhan? Oh, uh, yeah, shut yeah. up and change your tune otherwise. Yeah,
1: you you might, you might want to flip on this one. Yeah. yeah. Plus of course he developed um, a vaccine himself which um was was for you know brown people in overseas countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Palm that crap off, off um, you know onto the brown people.
0: Yeah. Mm. Man the good news is in the end the, the world's a shit show but it's it's kind of turning to be our shit show so let's yeah. uh
1: yeah yeah keep, keep and, up, and
0: keep up the fight.
1: Keep up the fight, and and it's like you know you you could take all of this crazy um, legislation cracking down on on free speech as um as the desperate signs of a cornered animal that that sees that you know the public isn't buying this crap you know sure there's a segment of them that that still still believe um but a, a big chunk of the population is going no we don't believe you you're liars we don't trust you
0: yep yep. And uh, look, we'll have we'll have more great news for you next week. Um, I, will, I, will, I will I will try to get a few more positive stories coming in. Um, there seems to be a lot more, um, and I'm certainly feeling better about things going on. So, but um, yeah, look, thank you once again for joining us, Robin. And I think we'll probably speak again next week. Um, I've got Dr. Chris, who's keen to come on as well. So, we, yeah, we may do something with him, or Fantastic. we may. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't mind asking him about the uh, Malhotra tour so, and what we've learned from that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to get a, um, a Malhotra wrap-up. All right, looking forward to that one. All right, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, see you next week. See you next time.